Hi all, I am Anto Kiran. I am going to narrate the Ponin Silver novel in English. Please subscribe my channel if you like the content. Ponin Silver by Kalki Krishnamurti. English translation by Indra Neela Megam. Part 1 New Floods. Chapter 1 RD Festival. We welcome our readers to get into the boat of imagination and go sailing down the floods of sourceless, endless time. Let us travel a century for every second and quickly reach the time of thousand years before the present. In the southern end of Thirumunai Padi, which lies in between the Tondai Kingdom and the Chora Kingdom, about two leagues far to the west of Tillai Chitrambalam, Chidambaram town, there spreads an ocean-like reservoir. It is known as Veera Narayana Lake. It is about a league and a half long north to south and about half a league wide east to west. Time has twisted its name. For these days, the reservoir is known as Veeranath Lake. In the windy months of Adi Avani, August, when new floods fill the reservoir to almost overflow, anyone who looks at the Veeranarayana Lake will surely recall with pride and astonishment the splendid deeds of our ancestors in Tamil Nadu. Did those ancients do things merely for the welfare of themselves and the people of their own times? They fulfilled tasks that would benefit thousands of future generations in their sacred motherland. On the 18th day of the month of Adi, in the early hearts of the evening, a young warrior mounted a horse, was riding down the banks of this ocean like Veera Narayana Lake. He belonged to the Vanar clan, which is famous in the history of the gallant Tamils. Vallavarayan Pandiyatevan was his name. Having traveled a long distance and being worn and weary, his horse was walking along rather slowly. The young cavalier did not seem concerned about this. The sprawling reservoir had so enchanted his heart. It was common for rivers of the Chora kingdom to run with floodwaters touching both banks during the Adi month festival of Padanetam Perik. The lakes fed by these rivers would also be filled to capacity with waves jostling and colliding upon their embankments. Waters from the river called North Kaveri by the devote, but commonly called Kollidam, rushed into the Veeranarayana lake through the Vadavara stream and made it a turbulent sea. Seventy-four floodgates on the lake distributed the bounty via aqueducts to distant tracts of the countryside. With these irrigation waters from the lakes, Activities such as ploughing, sowing and seed transplanting were being carried out as far as the eye could see. Here and there, the song of farmers who were ploughing and women who were transplanting created a pleasant and joyous music. Listening to all this, Vandiyatevan was riding quite slowly without prodding his tired horse. As soon as he climbed the embankment, he had started counting the floodgates with the intention of finding out if popular claims 
which declared the lake to have 74 floodgates were true. After coming about one and a half leagues along the bank, he had counted 70 gates. Aha! How huge is this lake? How wide and how long? Can we not say that the tanks built by the great Pallava monarchs in the Tonde kingdom are mere ponds and pools compared with this immense reservoir? Did not Prince Rajaditta, son of King Parantaka, who conquered Madurai, think of building this great tank to conserve the waters of North Kaveri, which were going wastefully into the sea? And did he not execute his thinking into action? How great a genius he must have been! Who can be compared to his brave nobility? During the battle at Takkolam, did he not, riding an elephant, go to the forefront and single-handed enter combat? And in the course of confrontation, did he not receive enemy spears on his chest and give up his very life? And because of it, did he not get the title Deva who reposed atop the elephant as he departed for the heavens meant for the brave? These kings of the Chora dynasty are remarkable. They were just as just as they were brave. And in justice, they excelled in the veneration of their gods. Vallavarayan Pantiyatevan's shoulder swelled with pride when he thought of this good fortune in having received the friendship of a Chola prince of such a dynasty. Just like the waves that dashed against the banks of the lake because of the swift western breeze, his heart too bubbled with gratification and pride. Thinking all such thoughts, Vandiyatevan reached the southern end of the Veeranarayana lake. There, he could view the panorama of the Vadavara stream separating from the North Kaveri and falling into the lake. For a short distance inside the embankment, the lake shore was silted forming a sandy beach. A number of casarina trees and wood apple trees had been planted on the beach so that rising floodwaters would not destroy the embankment. Narnal reeds had grown thickly along the water's edge. From a distance, the scenic view of the rushing waters from the tree-lined North River merging into the lake of the Southwest seemed like a colourful, newly created painting. Vandiyatevan saw a few things that increased the pleasing joyousness of his enchanting scene. Was it not the day of Adi festival? Crowds of people from the nearby villages, dragging their carts covered with the canopies of sandal-coloured, supple coconut leaves were coming there. Men, women, children and even several elderly folks, all wearing new clothes and vividly dressed in various ways, had come. Bunches of fragrant flowers, such as the hearts of country cactus, chrysanthemum, jasmine, gardenia, champaka and iruvachi decorated the braids of women. Several had come with families, bringing stewed rice and fancy picnic foods. Some stood by the water's edge and ate their picnic rice dishes from the platters of plantain flower petals. Others, more brave, had ventured further into the water to cross over to the bank of the Vadavar. Some children threw the plates from which they had eaten into the floodgates and clapped their hands with laughter to see the petals float through the gates to be rushed onto the canals. Some mischievous young men plucked the flowers off the heads of their loved ones and threw them into the water merely to see them being cast upon the shore. 
பல்லவரையின் வந்தியத்தேவன் ஸ்டுட் தேர் வாட்சிங் ஆல் திஸ் ஃபார் அ வைல் ஹி லிஸ்டன்ட் வித் அன் ஈகர் இயர் வித் சம் ஆஃப் த கேர்ள்ஸ் வித் பிளசன்ட் வாய்ஸஸ் சாங் தே சாங் ட்ரெடிஷ்னல் போத் சாங்ஸ் அண்ட் ஃப்ளட் சாங்ஸ் ஆஸ் வெல் ஆஸ் ஃபோக் சாங்ஸ் லைக் கும்மி அண்ட் சிந்து கம் ஓ இ யங் மெய்டன்ஸ் லுக் அட் த நார்த் ரிவர் பப்ளிங் பை கம் வாட்ச் ஓ இ ஃப்ரெண்ட்ஸ் லுக் அட் த வைட் ரிவர் ரஷிங் பை கம் ஓ கம் ஆல் இ கேர்ள்ஸ் டு லுக் அட் த காவேரி டம்ப்ளிங் பை சச் ஃப்ளட் சாங்ஸ் ப்ளீஸிங்லி ஃப்ளட் த இயர்ஸ் ஆஃப் வந்தியத்தேவன் அதர் சாங் பேலட்ஸ் அபவுட் த பிரேவரி அண்ட் ஃபேம் ஆஃப் சோரா கிங்ஸ் சம் கேர்ள்ஸ் சாங் ஆஃப் விஜயாலய சோரா who had fought in 32 battles and had worn his 96 body wounds like ornaments others sang acclaiming the bravery of his son aditya chora and how he constructed 64 shiva temples all along the kaveri from where it rose till it mingled into the sea one girl sang the fame of king aditya's son parantaka chora who had not only conquered the pandya pallava and chera kings but had also sent an army to lanka to hoist his victory flag when each girl sang several people stood around her listening with rapt attention they applauded with loud shouts of ah ah and expressed their happiness an elderly woman noticed vandiyadevan who was sitting on his horse and listening to all this tambi you seem to have come from a long distance you are tired come down from your horse to eat the stewed rice she said immediately several young girls noticed our youthful traveler they whispered amongst themselves about his appearance and laughed merrily vandiyadevan was overcome by a certain mortification on one side and delight on the other for a moment he considered dismounting and eating the food offered by the old woman if he did so the young maids would surely gather around to tease and laugh so what is it easy to behold so many beautiful maidens in one place even their laughter and teasing would be heavenly music in vandiyathevan's eyes all those girls on the lake shore appeared like heavenly nymphs ramba and menaka at the same time he noticed something towards the southwest along the flow of river vadavaru and hesitated about 7 or 8 large boats with white spreading sails filled with breeze are coming swiftly like white swans floating in white spread wings all the people engaged in various merriments turned to avidly look in the direction from which the boats were coming one of the boats came forward more swiftly and reached the lake shore where the embankment turned west several well built footmen carrying sharp and shiny spears were in that boat some of them jumped on to the lake shore and started shoving the people with the shouts go move before being pushed around too much the people picked up their containers and belongings and quickly started climbing upon the bank vandiyathevan could not understand any of this who were these men who were coming in the sail boats behind them where were they coming from perhaps they belong to a royal household vallavarayan vandiyathevan approached an elderly man leaning upon his cane by the bank sir whose men are these and whose boats are coming behind like a school of swans why are these footmen chasing away the people and why are the people hurrying away came his questions one upon the other tambi do you not know 
there is a flag flying in the middle of those sailboats. See what is embossed on it, said the elder. Seems like a palm tree. It is a palm tree. Don't you know that the palm tree flag belongs to the Lord of Paravur? Is it the great warrior Lord Paravur who is coming? asked Vandiyathevan in a startled voice. It must be so. Who else could raise the palm tree flag and come? said the elderly man. Vandiyathevan's eyes opened wide with immeasurable surprise as he looked towards the boat. Vallavarai and Vandiyathevan had heard much about the Lord Paravur. But who would not have heard about them? The names of the brothers, the elder Lord Paravur and the younger Lord Paravur, were renowned from Lanka in the south to the Kalinga kingdom in the north. Paravur, situated on the northern banks of the Kaveri, near the city of Urayur, was their capital. Even from the times of the Vijayalaya Chora, the Paravur family had won heroic fame. They had a lot of give and take with the royal family of the Choras. Because of this, and also because of their nobility, bravery, and the fame, the Paravur clan had all the distinguishing characters of a royal family. They also had the right to carry their own pennant. The elder of the present lords of Paravur had fought in 24 campaigns. During his time, he had won acclaim as having no equal in war in the Chora kingdom. Since he had now crossed the age of 50, he no longer entered the battlefield directly. Nevertheless, he now held several eminent positions in the government of Choras. In the Chora empire, he was the head of finance, head of food supply. He had authority to levy taxes according to the political needs. He had the right to call upon any princeling, nobleman or squire and order them thus. This year, you shall pay this much tribute and the power to implement such orders. Therefore, next to Emperor Sundara Chora, he was the most powerful man in the Chora kingdom. Vandiyathevan's heart brimmed with eagerness to meet this powerful, illustrious and noble Lord of Paragur. At the same time, he recalled the words uttered in privacy by Prince Aditya Karigala at the new Golden Palace in Kanchi city. Vandiyateva, I know you to be a brave man. At the same time, I trust you to be intelligent and give you this immense responsibility. Of the two letters I have given you, deliver one to my father, the emperor, and the other to my sister, younger Pirati. Pirati is the term used to refer the princesses of the ruling house. I hear all sorts of rumors about even the senior officials of the kingdom in Tanjore. Therefore, the contents of my letters should not be known to anyone. Even the most eminent persons should not realize that you are carrying letters from me. Do not get into quarrels with anyone on the way. You should not merely avoid conflicts of your seeking, but also not be involved in any disputes thrust upon you. I very well know about your courage. You have proved it several times. Therefore, there shall be no loss of valor in escaping from duels forced upon you. Most importantly, you should be particularly careful about the lords of Paravur and also my young uncle Madurantaka. I do not wish them to know even who you are. They should definitely not know why you are going. The crown prince of Chora Empire and the commander-in-chief of the northern armies 
Prince Aditya Karigala had told him all this. The prince had repeatedly advised Vandiya Devan about how he should behave. Since he recalled all this, Vandiya Devan suppressed his desire to meet Lord Paravur. He whipped his horse to move on quickly. In spite of the prodding, his tired horse merely plodded ahead. Having decided to spend the night at the Kadambur fortress of the noble Sambhuvaraya, he resolved to procure a better horse before resuming his journey the next morning. Thank you. I will meet you all in chapter 2. Bye.